Thank you, loving Father, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. We thank you for protecting us and granting us security, peace, and guidance. We say, may all glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Now, dear Lord, as we have come to you, we want you to consecrate us to your service. In your word, you said we will be clean through the words you speak to us. Therefore, Lord, we pray that you will sanctify us through your word this morning. Grant us the gift of your spirit, Lord, and quicken our hearts, Lord, to be ready to live for you today. Put words in our mouth that will be spoken, which those who hear will be blessed by it. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our national prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, May 8 Wait for God's Answer It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26 There are precious promises in the scriptures to those who wait upon the Lord. We all desire an immediate answer to our prayers and we are tempted to become discouraged if our prayer is not immediately answered. Now, my experience has taught me that this is a great mistake. The delay is for our special benefit. Our faith has a chance to be tested, to see whether it is true, sincere, or changeable like the waves of the sea. We must bind ourselves upon the altar with the strong cords of faith and love, and let patience have her perfect work. Faith strengthens through continual exercise. We must pray more and in faith. We must not pray and then run away as though afraid we should receive an answer. God will not mock us. He will answer if we watch unto prayer, if we believe we receive the things we ask for, and keep believing and never lose patience in believing. This is watching unto prayer. We guard the prayer of faith with expectancy and hope. We must wall it in with assurance and be not faithless but believing. The fervent prayer of the righteous is never lost. The answer may not come according as we expected, but it will come, because God's word is pledged. We need a calm waiting upon God. The need of this is imperious. It is not the noise and bustle we make in the world which proves our usefulness. See how silently God works. Those who desire to labor with God have need of His Spirit every day. They need to walk and labor in meekness and humility of spirit, without seeking to accomplish extraordinary things, satisfied to do the work before them and doing it faithfully. 
men may not see or appreciate their efforts, but the names of these faithful children of God are written in heaven among his noblest workers, as scattering his seed in view of a glorious harvest. Wait for the Lord, not in fretful anxiety, but in undaunted faith and unshaken trust. Amen. The title of our devotion is Wait for God's Answer. Very, very important topic we have. Our key text is Lamentations 3 verse 26 which says, It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Here, it doesn't just say we should wait, but it tells us what kind of waiting how we should conduct ourselves during that time we are waiting quietly wait when we make our requests known to god we first of all are to understand by now that our requests are to be according to god's will yesterday in our devotion we looked at what it means to have humble persevering prayer And maybe someone whom you have listened will feel that because I have fulfilled all the conditions, I have checked myself, I have checked my heart, I have repented and confessed all my my sins, and then I have persevered in the prayer, you would then expect that having done all this, you should have your answers to come immediately. But that is not the case. Though you have done all you're supposed to do like Elijah did, and you have persevered in your prayer, It is possible, many times, that we will not get immediate answers to prayer. The question then is, why should should this happen? In this devotion, we are going to be looking at what it means to wait, why we should wait. We'll also look at consequences of not waiting, and areas in our life today where we can apply this lesson, where we should wait on the Lord. So, firstly, What does it mean to wait on the Lord? To wait on the Lord means that you don't give up when you are asking from God something that he has said he can give. Remember, we have gone past the part where you are asking God something that is, is not according to his will. We are talking of asking for something that is actually according to his will. When doing that, you may not receive immediate answers. So what do you do? Do you stop asking? You see, if you are really waiting, you will not stop asking. You will keep asking him for it because you believe that he can do it. But when someone has stopped believing, they go about it in another way. They go and seek solutions elsewhere. And when you are seeking solutions elsewhere, are you going to be praying? No. The fact that you are praying means you are waiting on the Lord. That is what it means to wait. To wait doesn't mean that you stop asking. Rather, you continue asking because you believe that God has answers. Reading here our high calling, page 134, paragraph 3, says we must pray more and in faith. We must not pray and then run away as though afraid we should receive an answer. God will not mock us. He will answer if we watch unto prayer, if we believe we receive the things we ask for and keep believing and never lose patience in believing. This is watching unto prayer. We guard the prayer of faith with expectancy and hope. So, 
to wait means that we pray more that's actually what it means to wait doesn't mean you stop praying but rather it means that you pray more but that your prayer will take an attitude of believing that you receive the things you ask for and do not lose patience in our devotion in march 5 we studied what patience means for more information you can just go and listen to that but what it means here in patience patience means that you don't lose your temper it means that while waiting you are calm it means that you don't murmur and you don't complain while waiting when you start to murmur when you start to get irritated when you start complaining and grumbling but yet you are still waiting that is not patience patience means that while waiting you are calm and you don't get irritated you don't get annoyed and you don't lose your cool and start to say things that express doubt so you must pray and wait patiently that is the attitude of somebody who is waiting as opposed to someone who is not waiting so someone who is not waiting will stop praying will go and seek solutions elsewhere and will give up on God. And this leads us to the next part of our discussion, which is why does God not answer immediately? It is for this reason, to see whether you really have faith and whether you will run away. In our high calling here, page 134, paragraph 2, it says, Now my experience has taught me that this is a great mistake. That is when become discouraged when our prayer is not answered immediately that you shouldn't do that it's a great mistake to do that the delay is for our special benefit our faith has a chance to be tested to see whether it is true sincere or changeable like the waves of the sea we must bind ourselves upon the altar with the strong cords of faith and love and let patience have her perfect work faith strengthens through continual exercise So, when our prayers are not answered immediately, it is important, it is good for us. That delay is for our sake, our special benefit. It is a test for you to see whether you really believe in God or not. So, let us look at some examples in the Bible as for people who couldn't wait. I may not read it, but I trust that we may know these stories already. Look at the case of Abraham, for example. God had promised him that he would have a child. And he was 75 years already and no child at that time some years later abraham stopped waiting he went and took another wife hagar and gave birth to ishmael now he may have justified it in his mind and said oh i have a child because when god came to meet him in in in, in genesis 15 he actually presented ishmael before god and said let ishmael live before thee in other words use ishmael as the child of promise but God said no Abraham stopped waiting to wait means that you allow God to answer your prayer in the way he wants to answer it you don't help God when we go about to bring answers to our prayer in ways that are not in harmony with the law of God we are not waiting anymore another clearer example is the case of Rebecca and Isaac and Jacob and Esau when Jacob and Esau was born it was already said that the older shall serve the younger that was the word of God but as they got older it was clear that the older child Esau was not 
interested in godly things. It was impossible that that young man was going to be the child who God will use as the the one that will, he would pr- fulfill the promise given to Abraham with. It was going to be one of them, not not the two of them. It was clear that it was not going to be Esau, but yet Isaac had this affinity towards Esau that made him to want to choose Esau, even regardless of the character Esau had. Rebecca saw clearly that Isaac was making the wrong choice, and she was most likely praying that Isaac would make the right choice. When the time came that Isaac was going to bless Esau, what did Rebecca do? She took laws into her hands and decided to do something that was not in harmony with God's law. You see, when we are waiting, we should never do something that is against God's word. Rebecca entered into deception and made her son go into it with her. Jacob himself joined her in going into deception. For a good purpose, they entered deception, which was wrong. When you are waiting on God and asking for something that is according to his will, do not put your hands into the matter and do things that are against God's will. The two of them, Rebecca and Jacob, did that. They did not trust God's word enough. God's word had already said the younger would be the one who would, the, the older will serve the, the younger. They were supposed to trust that even if Isaac blesses Esau, somehow God's word will still be fulfilled. But because they were looking at apparent circumstances around them and it looked as if Isaac was going to bless Esau, I wonder what that was going to do when God has already said the older will serve the younger. Even if Isaac blessed Esau, what was, it wasn't going to change God's word. But they went to do something that was not in harmony with God's word. They sinned against God because they could not wait. Another example is the example of King Saul. And I will have to read this one for you to understand it properly. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13, I will be reading from verse 5. It says, And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash, eastward from Beth Haven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets, and in rocks and high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling to understand the situation that Saul is in now. And by the way, the number of the soldiers with him was 200. To add more information, these, these soldiers, none of them had a weapon. They were carrying farm implements, forks and rakes and, and shears and cutlasses, not swords. Only Saul had a sword. 200 men against 30,000 chariots, men as many as the seashore in multitude and 6,000 horsemen. Why wouldn't they be afraid? They were following Saul and they were afraid and they had every right to be afraid. Continuing, looking at verse 8 now, it says, And he tarried, he waited. Remember, we're talking about wait for God's answer. Now, Saul tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. 
But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. Now take note of that conversation. I'm reading now from verse 11. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be a captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded. So these are examples, and I want us to draw two things from these examples. The example of King Saul, the example of Rebekah and and Jacob, and the example of Abraham. What do we learn from this? Not waiting has huge, huge consequences. In the case of Abraham, the consequence is what we still see today in the Arab nations. We are still tormented with the decision Abraham made when he could not wait on the Lord. In the case of Jacob, his family became a mess. If, if Jacob had waited and stayed in his kindred, he would have gotten a better choice or the right choice for a wife. He wouldn't have had to pass through what he passed through with Laban and had those family issues he had. Joseph wouldn't have encountered what he encountered. A lot would have changed in Jacob's life if he had waited. And now, the story I just read in, the, in King Saul's case, look at it. King Saul, the consequences, first of all, he going to make that sacrifice, he was not right to do that. All odds seem to have been against him and so it is with many of us. We'll get to how we can apply it in our own lives. But here in King Saul's own, what he did was not right regardless of what situation he was in. You know, sometimes we want to justify what we do in going against God's word because of the situation we find ourselves. We feel like we cannot wait. We have to do what we did. And that's how Saul felt. But what was the result? He was told he had done foolishly in not keeping the commandments of God. How many of us have been in Saul's situation? Have you ever had 30,000 chariots come against you? And men that are as many as the sand in the seashore and then also horsemen coming against you and then you have no people who are courageous to stand around you they are all afraid but Saul had some kind of self-confidence and felt that the problem he had was that Samuel has not come on time okay if Samuel has not come within the set time what next does it mean you should go against God's word that was what Saul felt since I have waited and the answer has not come I am justified in doing something I'm not supposed to do Samuel said he will come in seven days seven days has passed and he has not come and even he admitted I forced myself that's what he said to do something that was not in his place to do by the way what, what was his sin it is not in the place of Saul to make an off to offer burnt offering it is a work that is to be done by the priest 
which is what Samuel was supposed to do. And it is a sin for a man who is not a priest to do something like that. And that was his sin. He did not obey the commandment of God. And the consequences for him, let me tell you what it was. God's plan was not for you to know the person they called David. The man called David, you will never have heard of him. If not for what Saul did. God's plan was that he was going to use Saul's family to produce the next king. And that Saul's lineage was going to be what we were hearing. Instead of David, we would have been hearing Saul. The book of Psalms, all of that would have come from Saul. Remember that Saul prophesied. Do you remember? When Saul was anointed king, he went and stayed with the priests. And Saul prophesied and it was said, has Saul become like one of the prophets? God could have put his spirit upon Saul so much that Saul would have been doing the things David did. He would have been the chosen one. We wouldn't have been hearing Jesus, the root and the offspring of David. We would have been hearing Jesus, the root and offspring of Saul. But Saul lost such a golden privilege and opportunity because he could not wait. Now let's apply it to ourselves. What golden privileges and opportunities are you losing or about to lose because you are tired of waiting? We are the areas we need to wait. So someone wants to get married and you know God's will that you are supposed to marry a spouse of this particular character and you are asking God for it. Are you going to be like King Saul and say, I have waited till I am so-so-so age and because the set time has come and yet I have not found a spouse, therefore I will have to force myself to marry someone that is not according to God's will? Is that what you are going to do? Or are you going to get dubious and dress like Jacob and start dressing to show what will make Isaac to bless you and you show your skin somehow? the ladies hmm? you start to dress in seductive manner like jacob did to de- to deceive people so that they can marry you or are you going to get to marry an unbeliever altogether like abraham did look you have to understand something god is testing your faith first of all to see whether you really trust in him wait secondly if you don't wait you're actually complicating your own life it is always better like our key text says in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26 it is good I would say better for you that you should wait and hope quietly for the salvation of the Lord it is actually better don't think that when desirable is not available available should become desirable wait for desirable wait for the will of god and don't take laws into your hands don't get irritated don't get angry don't go to places to seek for answers apart from god it is good and better for you to wait for that spouse and if it doesn't come wait wait on god how about childbearing some people have married and they don't have children and some get tired of waiting or you may be on the verge of giving up don't give up god is testing your faith wait on the lord the consequences of not waiting are huge they are enormous you cannot bear it wait if you make the wrong choice whether to go somewhere else apart from god to seek for solutions or 
to do things that will bring about your desired results but the thing you are doing is not in harmony with god's word if you do that look at king saul look at abraham look at jacob the consequences are huge it will be difficult you are making your life more complicated don't do that how about getting a job some of us want to get a job and we have been sincere doing the right things or even to pass your exams in school and you are doing the right things following the word of god but it has not been working out for you don't give up wait keep waiting when you go to sin against god just because you are tired of waiting then you show that you lack trust and faith in god god wants to see how much faith and trust you have in him and that's why he doesn't bring immediate answers show that you trust god show that you have faith in him and most importantly victory over sin jesus wants us to understand that he cares for us you see i have met people even recently i spoke with one who told me why is it that god is allowing me to continue in this sin I want to stop and I have been praying for God to give me the victory but I have not been able to get it. I am giving up on him. Doesn't he have power anymore? Why is he allowing me to continue in this thing? You see, in victory over sin, there's a tendency to think that since it is the will of God for us to have a righteous life, we feel that that answer must come immediately. Now, I will stop sinning. I want to stop sinning now. Yes, God also wants you to stop sinning now. But you have to understand that it takes time. Sin is a character issue, it's a habit issue. It's not a miracle for one to just stop immediately, as in like it's not going to happen instantly. It is a miracle, a long-term one, but not something that is going to happen immediately. For some, it may happen immediately, but remember that there's a hard work to do. Some people give up on God because they feel like they have tried so much and nothing is working out. Don't give up. Keep waiting. In the book of Micah 7, reading from verse 7, it says, Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord, because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me he will bring me forth to the light and i shall behold his righteousness then she that is mine enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said unto me where is the lord thy god my eye shall behold her now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets in gaining the victory of our sin, we must learn to wait on the Lord till he hears us. We must learn to bear the indignation of the Lord till he pleads our cause. We must learn these things. Do not give up on God so quickly because when you do that, you're actually, you're actually trying to claim that the Lord cannot do what he said he would do. But that's not the case. It is you who doesn't have faith. It is you who lack trust in the Lord. And the worst part of it is when you stop waiting, you complicate your life and it is miserable for those who don't wait. And that's why the Bible says it is good that a man should both wait and hope quietly for the salvation of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, be calm. Whatever it is you have been asking God for that is according to his will. If he has not answered you, remember to be humble 
like we studied yesterday, search yourself. Having searched yourself, repent of all your sins, cleanse yourself. If the answer doesn't come, still wait. Persevere and wait on the Lord. Believe, hope that He will give you the answer. Don't, don't go against the word of God and do something you know He doesn't want you to do like King Saul or like Abraham or like Jacob. Don't go and marry someone that is an unbeliever because you've been waiting and you think the set time, like King Saul said, I waited for the set time. My my biological clock has ticked and it has already reached the final part of it. I need to force myself now. Don't do that. Or you've been waiting for a child or waiting for a job or whatever it is you've been waiting for and you've been asking for. Still keep waiting and trust in God that he knows what is good for you. May God give us the grace to do that. Amen. I'll read from the first line where it says that we all desire an immediate answer to our prayers. The second paragraph. Well, this sums up the bulk of our experience. And if you're like Anna, with neighbors like Penina constantly provoking you, in fact, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter one verse six, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. The blessing so earnestly sought by every Hebrew was denied this godly pair. Their home was not gladdened by the voice of childhood, and the desire to perpetuate his name led the husband, as it had led others, to contract a second marriage. But this step prompted by a lack of faith in God did not bring happiness. We remember the story. Penina was just like a, a baby machine. He's just giving baby like no man's business. But Anna, who seemed more spiritual, who seemed to pray more, struggled to give birth, yet she pre- persevered patiently. The delay was digging her to the depths. You see, whenever the building is going to go really high, the builders had to dig really low. And at the end, she gave birth to a son who became a prophetic priest, a judge and a na- to the nation. Psalms 37 verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospered in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Our cases are being illustrated by the case of the importunate solicitor for bread. Which of you, Jesus says, shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? We know the story. The lesson means more than we can imagine. We are to keep on asking, even if we do not realize the immediate response. To our prayers we all des- desire an immediate answer to our prayers now my experience she says has taught me that this is a great mistake the delay is for our special benefit now how is that to our special benefit this line caught my attention really and then it reminds me of the story in John 11 saying now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, 
unto Jesus now, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Uh, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. They sent an SOS to Jesus, say, Oh, your friend, the one you love, Lazarus, is sick. And then Jesus still stayed there two days after receiving the message, after having received the message, an emergency, but he stayed there doing the very work they are calling him for, the, the house where he oftentimes spent quiet times. Now the owner, the inmates, one of them was sick. Anxiously, they waited for a word from Jesus. As long as the spark of life was yet alive in their brother, they prayed and watched for Jesus to come. You understand that when when you're expecting somebody to come, when you hear the gates open, you think it's a person. You hear any sound you hear, you think the person has arrived. But the messenger returned without him. Yet, the messenger brought this message. Jesus said that this sickness is not unto death. And they clung to the hope that Lazarus will live. This is of Ages chapter 5 page 526 when he had heard therefore that he was sick he abode today still in the same place when christ heard the message the disciples thought he received it coldly he did not manifest the sorrow they expected him to show looking up to them he said this sickness is not unto death but the to the glory of god that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. For two days he remained in the place where he was. This delay was a mystery to the disciples. What a comfort his presence would have been to the afflicted household. They thought his strong affection for the family at Bethany was well known to the disciples and they were surprised that he did not respond to the sad message he whom thou lovest is sick imagine the confusion and the trouble in the hearts of the disciples right now when the message came that john the baptist was arrested jesus did not do anything he just like he stayed there until finally john died in prison now lazarus the one he loved is sick jesus is still standing here so they were wondering if we fall into this situation, will he manifest any response to our trials? So they were confused. Will he forsake us in our trials? Tenderly they tried to speak words of hope and encouragement to the almost unconscious sufferer. Now Lazarus was struggling with death now. When Lazarus died, they were bitterly disappointed. But they felt the sustaining grace of Christ. And these kept them from reflecting any blame on the Savior. In John chapter 11 verse 17 it says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. In other words, you delayed, you delayed, you delayed. And that's a strict, true statement that if Jesus was there, his brother would not have died. 
and then the account is also in the desire of ages say had jesus been in the sick room lazarus would not have died for satan would have no would have had no power over him death could not have aimed his dart at lazarus in the presence of the life giver therefore christ remained away he suffered the enemy to exercise his power that he might drive him back a conquered foe now we see that there is greater force at play even in the life of lazarus and is also at play in our own life he permitted lazarus to pass under the dominion of death and the suffering sisters was saw their brother laid in the grave christ knew that as they looked on the dead face of their brother their faith in their redeemer will be severely tried but he knew that because of the struggle through which they were now passing their faith will shine forth with far greater power he suffered every pang of sorrow that they endured he loved them no less because he tarried but he knew that for them for Lazarus for himself and for his disciples a victory was to be gained it was for Lazarus that the greatest of Christ's miracles was performed the savior blessed all who sought his help he loves all the human family but to some he is bound by peculiarly tender associations his heart was knit by a strong bond of affection to the family at Bethany and for one of them his most wonderful work was wrath a delay a blessing in delaying to come to Lazarus Christ had a purpose of mercy toward those who had not received him he tarried that by raising Lazarus from the dead he might give to his stubborn unbelieving people another evidence that he was indeed the resurrection and the life he was loath to give up all hope of the people the poor wandering sheep of the house of Israel his heart was breaking because of their impenitence in his mercy he proposed to give them one more evidence of him his restorative power the one who alone could bring life and immortality to light with human and divine pity jesus looked into her sorrowful careworn face matter had no inclination to recount the past all was expressed by the pathetic words lord if thou hadst been here my brother had not died but looking into the face of love she added I know that even now whatsoever thou would ask of God God will give it to thee Jesus encouraged her faith saying thy brother shall rise again hallelujah all we need to know all we need to bother ourselves is that are we in the way of duty is Jesus is his presence with us because in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore so let us care that he approves of what we're doing and i remember the story of an old friend who he had a job interview with a big firm he was scheduled for 11:45 a.m. 
So on the day of the interview, he had arrived at the premises at 10 a.m. He figured that if he shows up early, they will give him the job. And so being ushered into the building, one of the officers came to him and said, inquire why he was early. And then he narrated the story, said, I came so that I want to show that I really want this job. And so that's why I came first. I don't want somebody to come before me and then you give the job to the person. And then, they are, however, the officer calmly replied, he said, young man, we don't operate like that. We gave you the slot at 11.45. We are going to attend to you at 11.45. Because right now, it is not your time. Somebody is already on the line. Patiently wait. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 say he had made everything beautiful in his time. Also he had set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. We are called to wait. We, we were disappointed but not disheartened. We resolve to submit patiently to the process of purifying that God deemed needful for us to refrain from murmuring at the trying ordeal by which the Lord was purging us from the dross and refining us like gold in the furnace. We resolve to wait with patience, with hope for the Savior to redeem his tried and faithful ones. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, for his anger endured but a moment in his favor is life weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning so we are called to wait patiently whilst we've done our part let us learn to wait for the lord we heard the story of saul it's very difficult even in leadership but there is a writing here in page 76 Christian leadership said, Trust God, wait patiently. Those who standing in the forefront of the conflict are impelled by the Holy Spirit to do a special work, will frequently feel a reaction when the pressure is removed. Despondency may shake the most heroic faith and weaken the most steadfast will, but God understands and He will. He still pities and loves. He reads the motives and the purposes of the heart. To wait patiently, to trust when everything looks dark is the lesson that the leaders in God's work need to learn. Heaven will not fail them in their day of adversary. Nothing is apparently more helpless, yet really more invincible than the soul that feels its nothingness and relies wholly on God. Psalms 40 verse 1 I waited patiently for the Lord and inclined unto me. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. May this be our experience in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for such words of comfort that we do not need to be fretting and murmuring and complaining. We do not need to rush on before you, that we need to follow you. We need to follow you step by step and wait 
patiently until you send the promised blessings and we need to believe in those blessings in those words that you've given us we need to stand firm that we do not go to the left or to the right but stand firm on your word and refuse to move until you move on our behalf help us O lord to be steadfast and to be faithful and to show our works by our faith and then show our faith by our works all mingled together all trusting in your leading May this be our experience, O Lord, we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.